again to introduce Keith. Uh, we've known Keith for a number of years now. He uh, worked with me at camp. I always had uh, him, well, sometimes with the 13-year-old boys, but, uh, 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 you know, he was great working there. I, it, uh, I remembered a moment ago that uh, his daughter, and I guess it was uh, Janessa, was in AIM several years ago, and we uh, were uh, part of the support uh, for her. I've forgotten now what, uh, where she went on her, uh, her, her work with, uh, oh, she, yeah, okay, you'll talk about that. I don't need to uh, steal that thunder. We are glad that Keith Johnson is here with us today. I know that you will uh, greatly benefit from the things that he will share with us. As we said, we've known Keith for a long year, uh, for a long time from South Africa, but now having ministered in Texas for uh, a long time uh, with youth, with missions, can remember some, a trip that you took the, some kids from Houston uh, to South Africa some years ago, uh, one of the boys uh, holding a, a small uh, lion, I guess it was, uh, uh, Philip Sessions with that picture, but it'll be a great time together. I know we'll all benefit. Keith? Good morning, church. It's always great to be with the Lord's people. And even walking in this morning, I recognized a few faces. Uh, Some of them um, have a little less hair than the last time I saw them. But needless to say, you still look beautiful because we are the children of God. Today's family day. And it's so neat to be with family because I actually feel that way. Because of what I see and because of what I feel from you. So I am thankful, Gerald, uh, for the opportunity, my brother, um, just to allow me to be here. I'm also thankful for my brother Ken Scheid that I did not know. Um, Gerald, when I told him I'm going next week, he said there's one of our church members that's there. And he described him to me. He said, he always wears a hat, jeans, and boots. I'm like, that's every Texan I know. (laughs) But then when I saw a picture, I said, that's got to be him. I sent the picture to Gerald, and he confirmed it. Just so neat that we are actually also related in that uh, sense. Um, That next slide now would be a good good one. so I am very thankful for a lot of reasons. And uh, one of the reasons that I am is what I get to do for a living. I actually get to work with the Bible schools um, in Africa. I'm the director for all of the schools. Um, and so I get to go and work with preachers there. We have uh, preacher training schools. I'm going to go to Ghana and Togo for the next three weeks. I have a problem already because since the last time I went, I planned for three schools because there was only three schools. Now there are six. And I'm supposed to be preaching for, uh, teaching for one week at each school. Now it's not really a problem in Africa because all I'm going to do is have some 16 to 18 hour days with men who actually just want to be there and learn about God. Uh, one of the things I also enjoy is, is to cook. So I, I'm taking what I've learned, uh, Tex-Mex cooking. I'm mixing it with the cooking from Ghana and the cooking from South Africa. 
And I'm actually also part Malaysian, so I love curry. And so I throw all of that together and uh, ended up feeding about uh, 50 preachers one day. And one of the preacher's wives come up to me and asked for a recipe. Well, when you don't cook with a recipe, you know how difficult that could be. I cannot duplicate anything. But I am thankful for many reasons because I grew up um, and I was raised in the church. I was 10 years old when my parents became a Christian. I remember my dad uh, always looking for the truth. Um, My dad's lucky time finding the church was the 13th time after he was baptized, looking for the truth. So I say 13 was his lucky number. And dad, I, to this day, I say dad, but I need you to know he's actually my stepdad. I don't want anyone to tell me that because he's the only dad that I know. And I am a Christian today because that man decided when I was a child, I was four years old, I was living with my grandmother, he made a decision for me. He said he didn't want me to live with my grandmother because of the influences around where my grandmother lived. Now, my grandmother was already 80 years old by the time I was born. So she was very old. And today, most of my cousins that I would have grown up with are dead or in jail or they have children all over the place. So I'm thankful for a man that made a decision for me at age four and helped me to become the man that I am today. I am who I am because of what is instilled within me. My family, oh, I can look here. I'm just now noticing. My family. (laughs) Um, We have three children. The daughter with the checkered shirt is Janelle. Janelle is in China doing the China Now program. And... uh, I can't say much about the program other than that she gets to teach at a university and she's teaching English as a second language. Um, so she calls home and we have to use code. And she said, uh, um, today after meditation, one of the students wanted to go swim. And I'm like, and my wife, we are on, on, on FaceTime. And my wife just said, don't say anything. <laughs> She got the code. I forgot the code. When they wanted to go swimming, that meant they were going to do a baptism. And that meant that Janelle had actually studied with a person. And that's the code that mom and her worked out. I don't know where I was that day. (laughs) I think I was somewhere on the road. (laughs) Janessa is the one that's with AIM. Um, She's the one with the striped shirt. And uh, she did the AIM program for two years. Yes, this congregation actually helped her to go and do that. Um, She worked in South Florida for two years. Uh, She was going to go to South Africa, but that fell through, and that just happened to be where she needed to go. My son, Keegan, is quite a mess. He takes after his mother. Um, He's 19 years old. He's a second-year student at Harding. And um, he also started interning real early, working with congregations as a, as a youth intern. Um, he wants to go into ministry, and it's, as a dad, that's always just something neat when your children want to follow in your steps. When Janelle came home, 
and said she was leaving for China, um, we were kind of reluctant because we didn't want her to go. And Janelle said, um, she didn't ask me if she could go. She just said, I'm going to China. I'm like, oh, so now you're asking me 22, you're just telling me? She said, yes, I'm afraid you might say no. And there was a part of me that wanted to say no. And I don't know why I said this. I said, Janelle, do you know how far Circe is from China? And this loving 22-year-old girl that still sits on her dad's lap looked at me and said, Dad, do you know how far Port Elizabeth, South Africa is from York, Nebraska? So we get to reap what we sow. And I'm thankful for that. And then there in the middle is the general. Renee. Renee does not want to go to Ghana with me. I actually don't want her to go because she's going to make me sleep sometime. And I'm thankful to have that anchor. We are all at Harding University and Renee works there. So she gets to um, uh, work for the school and we get to go to school for free. I do. The children get 75% off. So we're thankful for that. As a family... We do a lot of things that we thought was very important in in our children's lives real early. One of the things we do is a devotional at 6 o'clock every night. And that was important to us as a family because our motto is, if we have to feed our faces, we might as well feed our souls. And so there was no excuses. We did it every day. Uh, while the children were in school, and then on the nights when we forget, one of the five of us will say, we've got to do this, because it's a part of their DNA. Kind of neat when your children come back with their roommates, and the roommate thank you for something you've instilled upon your child. The Israelites did that very well. They did it very well. You see, but God's people was in bondage for about 400 plus years. And when you are away from your place, when you're away from your God, trust me, you will forget. Within 400 years, God's people don't even know who they are in bondage. And then when they get out, by the way, those 10 plagues were actually directed at 10 different gods. Come to find out they have about 2,000 gods that they worship. What that must be like to have a God that you can look at. And it still wasn't enough because there was actually a God for that God. 2,000 gods. So as they were going through the territories in the wilderness, making their way to the promised land, There were some other problems. God told them to get rid of everything in their way. Because God knew that the things that were there, the people that were there were going to be snares. And these things were going to hinder them from becoming the people that they needed to be for God. Moses clearly believes that loyalty, obedience, and the love to trust God is the only Life that you need. One of the greatest threats to Israel's future was dividing their religions between many gods. You see, they have become like everyone else around them. 
some similarities here. There are times when people cannot tell that we are different from the world because we look just like the world. We talk just like the world. I used to say I have this bucket list. And then I got to thinking, as a Christian, I don't need to be having a bucket list. You know, that's, that's an issue. That's, that's, some, that's the way the world talks. I get to have blessings. I don't need a bucket list. I've got blessings. So the things that I get to do is just another blessing. It's just another thing. If you would listen to Keegan today, you would realize that he's actually my son. Keegan actually sounds a lot like a South African because he spends a lot of time with me. We'd go into a store and we both, we actually do this because we, at Walmart you can actually cheat. You know that, right? They have their tags there already. So I walk up to someone and say, hey Sam, how are you doing today? They look at me like they're supposed to know who I am, but I'm using that opportunity. So Keegan and I go into the Dollar General and he looks up and he, and he, he said, he said, hey, Samantha, how are you doing today? And I said, hey, Samantha, how are you doing today? And she looks at him and she looks at me and she goes, are you two brothers? <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> I liked it. King didn't care for that. <laughs> but he sounded just like me. I think that's what God wanted from his people. That's why something like the Shema is so important to God's people. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. The Shema is central to every prayer in the prayer book of the Jews. It's actually the first thing that a child would learn. Most Jews actually start teaching their children while the child is in the womb. It is sad that if you do that with your children, some children actually start playing the piano real early. I don't know if that is true, but I often wonder. I do know the way I sound and what I say, my children will emulate. I have always wanted to um, be Jeff Walling. But I'm not. Jeff has a charm about him like no other. Oh, by the way, when uh, Gerald told me I'm coming after Jeff, I'm like, great. (laughs) By the way, I know you didn't know this, Gerald, but uh, Jeff was Renee's um, youth minister when he came out of of Harding uh, into ministry in California. So it's central... In the prayer book, it's the very first thing that the child learns. The Orthodox Jew covers his eyes because he does not want to be distracted. And it's important to them to say that prayer twice a day. In the morning when you wake up and at night when you go to bed. And then you have a certain sect of the Jews that actually does it four times a day. Why stop four times in a day? To acknowledge God. You know what's going to happen if you do that? You're going to start looking like Jesus Christ. Because the more times you do that, the better for you. I actually have a suggestion on how you could do that. Start using your phone for that. Put a reminder in there. 
Some use it to wake up. I use it to remind me to pray. And my prayer is very simple every morning. It's the same prayer that I say. Father God, lead me today. Give me one opportunity to talk to someone about you. And then I get so many opportunities. Because now I'm intentional, right? So when I go to Walmart at 2 o'clock in the morning, in fact, um, one of the Packers even said, I think you just come here to come and talk to people. Yeah, I do. That's a captive audience, y'all. They have to pack. And you can stand there as long as you want. We live in a country that we have so many opportunities to do that. And still, we need to do more. The Jews would write this on small scrolls and they'd roll it up in a masusa and they'd put that on their doors. It's another reminder. So not only do they recite it two to four times a day, it's on the door. In fact, um, in most Jewish homes, they actually touch that before they come and go. They really take this literal. Do you know how hard it is to convert a Jew to Christianity? Do you know why it's so difficult? Because they ingrain and they implant that in them as children. Brothers and sisters, we need to do that. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 12. It says here that ears that shema and eyes that see the Lord has made them both. So it's ears that hear. It's almost like repeating. What do you do with your ear? You hear, right? So this is actually saying, Shema that Shema. Why repeat it? Because if we are anything like our children, we have to repeat ourselves. And God is doing the same for us. It also means that I need to pay attention. It also means that I need to focus on. Earlier today, I said that there's no word for obey in the Hebrew. It's because it is implied that when you hear, you will act upon it and you will obey. That's what God expects from his people. I believe that's what God expects from us, his family. Psalms chapter 143, verse 1. Hear my prayer. So shamar my prayer. And then it says, listen, it's shema again to my call for help. And answer my prayer. Show me how good and loyal you are. Exodus chapter 19 verse 5. Now if you obey me fully. The King James Version says. If you obey my voice indeed. And keep my covenant. Then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possessions. Although the whole earth is mine. There's something about a treasured possession. It means that you're actually more appreciated than others. The Bible is telling us that you and I are that as the church. We are God's treasured possessions. And so as treasured possessions, it's something that I can't keep to myself. 
And that's why you have a family day. That's why you invite your friends. That's why you are here. We don't come here out of the fact, the mere fact that we have to be here. It's because you want to be here. I actually am a prophet. I predict that some of you are going to stand in this auditorium even after they turn the lights off. Because you enjoy what you have in Christ and what you have in one another. You see, our world needs that. Our world needs to know that there are people who will love and that there are people who will have them be a part of something that's greater than themselves. So since there's no word for obey, this here, Shema, here, just hearing also means to obey. Now, if you have ever been a child, I think you'll have the same problem that I had as a child, which is why my one ear is longer than the other. Oh, you got it. <laughs> my mother would grab me by that ear <laughs> and pull me towards her. Why aren't you listening? <laughs> and sometimes God grabs us by the ear. Why aren't you listening? But he's also saying, why aren't you doing? And he's also saying, why aren't you obeying me? Deuteronomy chapter 4. The idea of one God is obviously in this phrase. There is and was and always will be one God. To you it was shown that you might know that the Lord is God. There is no one besides him. I actually have a problem with the Israelites. Because we, you and I, we don't get to see what they saw. They actually got to see God in the daytime and at night. And they got to see the glory of God. And it still wasn't enough. They were still murmuring. Wanting water, wanting food. And you realize God actually gave them clothes that would last forever? Clothes wouldn't wear out. Parents, wouldn't you like that kind of clothes? Shoes, sandals that would not be worn out. God said, I will be your God if you would only be my people. God has always wanted to be our God. But he needs a people who are willing to come and be his people. Know therefore today and lay it to your heart that the Lord is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath. There is no other God. You can usually tell people who live this. I was in your college for two years. It was a two-year school at the time. And it was my first time away from home. It was my first time on an airplane. Left 10,000 miles, got to New York, took the bus to Lincoln, Nebraska. Took me three days to get across. It was part of the most beautiful times of my life. 
to be able to see this country. I didn't know you could have that many country music stations. As soon as you lose one, you pick up another. I do remember about, oh, three months into my first year, I had called home. Now, back then, it was $7.50 a minute to call home. So, I would work and make some money, and I happened to have $20. That's not a whole lot of time. So, while the phone's ringing, I'm praying, please don't let my mother pick up. (laughs) Please don't let my mother pick up. But if you call at 2 in the morning, she knows it's me. She picks up the phone, and before I could (gasps) say hi, she goes, I love you at the love of the Lord. Mama, I love you with the love of the Lord. Mama, can I talk to Daddy? (laughs) I seen you. Mama, can I talk to Jerome? Now, this is funny. My brother Jerome is is deaf and mute, so, you know, (laughs) trying anything, anything so that I could talk to someone else. And I love you with a click. Two minutes is up. Today, I would give $700 million to hear her voice again. And I think I understand how God feels because He wants to hear from us. He wants us to listen to what he has to say. Church, we've got so much work to do in this world. And we've got so much to do. And I'm thankful for places like Winsboro, where Jesus is Lord. Where it says that there's only one body, one spirit. Ephesians 4, just as you were called to one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. 1 Timothy 2, 5 says, For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus, is that mediator. You realize that God, from the beginning of time, thought about you. And he thought about me. And he actually made a plan, not just from the beginning of time, but through the end of time. For you and me. All we've got to do is hear, listen, and obey his word. We are asked to do this with all our hearts and with all of our soul and with all of our strength. You see in Mark chapter 12 verse 28. Jesus is talking to the scribes. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another and seeing that uh, he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? 
Jesus answered, The most important one is here, O Israel. See, even Jesus goes back to his roots. Because chances are, this was something that he had to learn when he was a child. So Jesus goes back to something that was familiar to everyone else around him, and they still didn't understand that he was the Son of God. Can you explain that to me? He goes to their roots, and they still didn't get it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. I must have been 11, 12. Now, I said earlier uh, in our first lesson that I have nine siblings. But we also have several cousins that thought they were siblings. That would stay with us and our door was always open. My wife Renee has one sister. She had to get used to the fact that I wanted the doors open. See, we moved to Harding for more than one reason. Not just to be close to our children. But we knew we could impact people with an open door. Now, if you put food on the table, that helps. But when you have an open door policy... It really does wonders. I have to raise my own support for the work that I do. And so we have a Bible study at our house. I, I chose 12 people that I wanted to impact. I'm using the model from Jesus. He used 12 people. So I figured 12 would be a good number that you can actually work with, male and female, because we need to be teaching our men and our women how to become men and women of God. So they come into our house, and one of those young men... After four years, graduated, and uh, he works for Dillard's. He actually works for the national chain office, and he's a geek. He loves computers, and that's his language. But he used to come every Saturday to our house. He came back after he found out what I wanted to do, and he wrote me a check for $300. I was just about in tears to get a check for $300 from somebody that you have been training and teaching. And because I didn't want him to see that I'm crying, I turned around. He said, where are you going? I said, thank you for the check. He goes, that's for January. He just started. And he decided to give me $300 a month. When you put God first... It's no telling what he will do. When I was 11, my mother um, would get up usually at 5 o'clock because my dad would have to be at work by 5.30. And so about 7, 7.20, we start making our way to school. Everybody walks. There's a knock on the door. It's not very uncommon because people knock on the door all the time. And it's usually in the morning and it's usually kids on their way to school. Child, uh, my, one of us went to the door. Child says, um, is auntie here? Now, it's common to call the lady of the house auntie and the husband is uncle. And uh, my mom went to the door and said, how can I help? And the child just says, I'm hungry. Do you have anything for me to eat? Ten children is usually 2.75 loaves of bread. Well, I happen to know because I did the 0.75 myself. 
And I'm sitting at college in York College several years later, and I'm wondering, because you know you replay things as you get older. And I remember every time the door opened, my mother would give food away, but all of us had our portions. And I, I'm 19, and now I'm wondering where did the food come from that she gave away? You know where it came from. She would give away her portion. See, when you grow up with that kind of heritage of someone that understands that there's only one God, you can't help but become like that person. And when I said, Mom, I want to be like you, she said, Son, I don't want you to be like me. I want you to be like Jesus. The Shema is something that's recited on a daily basis. I hope you'll come back for that third session because it's actually going to be a little different maybe from what you used to because it's going to be interactive. And I do want you to be a part of that. If you are a child who wants to Come closer to God. I want you to come back for that. If you are a young father who wants your children to come closer to God, I would suggest you come. If you are a mom and you want to know how to help your spouse come closer to God, I want you to come back for that. Let's read it one more time. Hero Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be upon your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. God wants nothing more for us than to talk about him. I know it's football season. I actually don't watch football. I'm actually watching the World Cup rugby right now because it's going on at the same time. But I find myself getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning because that's when they're going to play live. Now I can watch it later on YouTube, but I'll get up at 4 to do that. I know a preacher in Ghana who gets up every Sunday at four o'clock, takes three taxis, takes him three and a half hours to get to where he preaches, and he does it every Sunday. I think that's a person that understands the Shema. That's a person that lives this Shema. Today, you, my friends, my family, have an opportunity You become a part of a family that's even greater than your own physical family. And I know some great families here. It's called the family of God. It's a place where you are accepted for who you are. It's a place where you can come and start over. Who don't want to start over? And as a Christian, you and I get to start over every day because of the blood of Jesus Christ. So you have, if you have any reason to rejoice, any reason to come and ask the church,
to pray and help you to become this person of God who knows how to draw closer to him. Now is your chance to stand up and make your wishes known. May God be praised.